Welcome everyone to the latest edition of the AVL Reimagine Mobility podcast series. I'm here with Sean O'Kane and Michael Bumbala from AVL. Michael works in our advanced simulation technologies group and Sean works in our technology development group. Welcome both guys. Um, thanks for joining me. Maybe we'll start out with, you guys are both working in, in the battery space, uh, EVs. I think we can say it's booming. Uh, everybody needs batteries. Everybody needs uh, technology help or technologies as it relates to electrified propulsion systems. Uh, and maybe to start out with, with Sean to kind of then tee off uh, uh, Michael here. Sean, when it comes to battery development that you've been doing for many, many years, I would assume simulation over the years has become more and more important in your work. But how important really is today's simulation when you compare it to maybe five years ago? Well, even just five years ago, it's uh, it's improved greatly. And uh, the, one of the benefits that it brings is its ability to maybe even eliminate some testing, some actual physical testing. So you can do in simulation what used to take a lot of physical testing. You'd have to build samples, get them out to, uh, to test, and, uh, and, and then take a look at those results. And, uh, and apply that to your design. Whereas in, uh, with the way that the tools are able to do now is in the design phase, be able to accurately predict some of those tests and maybe even some accommodations then that you could make in the design uh, to say, fix some flaws or weaknesses. Michael, maybe the, the same question to you. Five years ago, we did simulation tools or simulation tools existed in batteries. Now we're five years later and certainly batteries even more important than they were five years ago. How far along has simulation technology come to, to keep up with the, let's say, new demand in, in not, not necessarily more, but more demand on the tool to do even more work for us to develop this technology even faster and better? Yeah, yeah. I would say five years ago, the tools did exist, but within the past five years, especially with the changes that we've seen in the mobility industry going towards the alternative uh, propulsion technologies, there's been an increase in development efforts. And, you know, as, as Sean has said, you know, the story is always that simulation can enhance a test, you know. So instead of doing a, a deep, really, uh, you know, uh, detailed test matrix um, you can test a few points to develop the model and then virtually probe the other areas of the matrix in simulation which you know helps gain insights whether it's it's worth it to even devote real hard resources on those additional test areas mm -hmm. and um, and yeah it basically gives you more insight you're able to see different temperatures across the entire system which you wouldn't be able to with just pure testing you'd have to thermocouple different regions so yeah overall the the space is exciting a lot of developments when we're talking about batteries and you just highlighted a little bit the, the, the temperature measurements right thermal mm -hmm. management one of the key maybe sometimes a little forgotten to the to the more general public, but you know, Sean's nodding right away thermal management one of the key challenges how close, Michael, are we when it comes to correlation between what we actually measure or are able to measure in the battery and, and what we're simulating? How close is that, that correlation today? 
And how far have we come from five years ago to kind of highlight maybe how the, the simulation capabilities have increased or the modeling accuracy maybe? Yeah, yeah. So I'd say on the on the thermal management side, it depends on what levels of thermal modeling you're doing. So just on normal battery operation in use, you know, nominal uh, operation, I think we, we, we have really close uh, correlation between test to 3D CFD to even system model. We've demonstrated that there's a very strong, tight temperature correlation of a few degrees. Um, I would say this is really important because you can't overcool a battery you know the with tr with older thermal management methods you just want to maintain a temperature operating point but that in a battery electrified powertrain has a trade off of range you know if you're overcooling you have a diminishing return with with respect to range because you're uh -huh. dedicating more power to run the pumps and the auxiliaries but so that's the interesting challenge is to understand that to fine tune that that uh, temperature control with respect to uh not impacting your range now when we go to other deeper like more um i guess chaotic temperature operating points like a thermal runaway uh that's where that's an ongoing area of research within the industry uh, I would say AVL is very strongly positioned with our testing capabilities, our in-house knowledge on the engineering side, and then on the simulation side to blend all those together and, and really understand that phenomenon in more depth and model that phenomenon, which is very high value, um, high risk, even in a, in a testing environment. So we deliver both value, um, decreased value, uh, decreased cost expenditure, cash expenditure for those tests, as well as decreased risk to the, you know, personnel who perform these tests. Mm -hmm. And Sean, maybe a, a very similar question along those lines, and, and feel free to comment on what Michael just said, but, but for you that is responsible to lead teams in developing of, again, let's say batteries, modules, packs, where is simulation playing uh, maybe a much bigger role or a much more key role versus, versus others? So where do you use simulation more or rely more on simulation uh, and which ones maybe less? <clears throat> well, as, uh, as Michael pointed out, for, uh, for the potential of thermal propagation and the mitigation of thermal propagation, uh, it's an amazing tool. You can, uh, say, assume that you have an event in a battery pack it's going to vent gases, and it's it's it, being able to manage when that happens, and direct maybe those gases in a particular way, knowing what materials might be in the path of those gases and how combustible they might be, or what they might add to the event, or you can then figure out how they can not add to the event, right? All in simulation. So being able to safely um, handle a thermal event. Um, it, it's an amazing tool. And then that is leading towards eliminating the possibility of a thermal event. Uh, and at the cell level, module level, and pack level as well. Some OEMs and, 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 and some in the industries have, have shared that they believe they can get away with, with physical testing and do everything in the, in the virtual world. Let, let's take thermal management, for example, right here, because it is, again, a key topic. Sean, do you see that it is actually possible to not test a physical battery specifically for the potential of a, of a thermal runaway event and do it all in simulation? If simulation tells us we designed the batteries so well that it's not going to happen, 
you're good with it? Or are you more like, yes, we can push the boundaries of how much physical testing we need to do, but the physical testing, at least from what you can say in the, in the near or even long-term future, is not going away. Can you give me a perspective on that? Um, I would say that in the, in the near term, that the physical testing is still a, a, a very useful tool and uh, in a number of ways. It can tell you exactly what's happening uh, with your design and with, uh, with, with your pack, as well as feed data back into the model so that the simulation tools become stronger oh. with that data. And then that, hopefully in the near future, could lead to either less testing or maybe even no testing. Okay. Michael, what do you see when you talk to customers for, for some of the tools that you're responsible for? Is, is their goal to eliminate physical testing? Is their goal to reduce the physical properties you need and the time you need, which is obviously way more expensive than doing it uh, digitally or in simulation? Or what are they mainly looking for in, in simulation tools? Again, let's stay with batteries here for a moment. What, what I would say, at least on the battery, when it comes to the cell side of things, they will likely have to test due to the phenomenon of thermal runaway uh, being pretty... It's, it's understood, but the actual root cause of these events is not uh, always well understood. So they always will have to test the cell for the energy release and how that looks. As far as when we get to the pack and module level, they want to do more of this in simulation because those events when you start doing an energy release on an entire pack is very very i'd say there's only a few testing locations in the world that can do this safely mm -hmm. and as well you only get one shot you know it's a destructive test so if you have prototype cells if you have prototype enclosures for the pack prototype materials anything like that those will likely be sacrificed for the test so they want to be able to reduce as much of that as possible because that is a is the definition of a high risk, um, really expensive test is a, is a prototype destructive test. So yeah, we, we see strong strong appetite from our, our customers within the industry to reduce the amount of those that they perform and perform as much of it in simulation. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then too, at the end of those tests, sometimes well the evidence literally is not there. Mm -hmm. it's gone it's a destructive task yeah. so in simulation you can go deeper into an event uh, while actually seeing what might be happening um, mm -hmm. whereas in a, in a physical test uh, once the initial event is is uh, is moved on to say well it's propagated um, it, more and more evidence is destroyed and even your instrumentation can be destroyed in that event yeah very true when, when we take uh, a battery for a moment and and let's leave testing out that we just talked about that we're clearly trying to strive as, as Sean as you mentioned and, and, and Michael as well to try and eliminate the physical testing and replace it with with simulation or, or digital when we take simulation tools how much longer would the design of a battery again testing aside but the design of a battery take today if we had simulation capabilities of what we had let's say five years ago how much longer michael would you see and then we'll, we'll ask sean the same thing would you see the battery design take is it you know is it 50 percent more manpower is it 50 percent longer any ideas on that um yeah i, I would say it, it it's it's 
that question of if you, um, I, I guess if you devote more resources, does it necessarily speed up the development process? Mm -hmm. I think through simulation, you're able to really investigate more and more. So if you did it the traditional way, maybe five, seven years ago, you see definitely a time improvement. I would estimate on the order of you know 20% or so, maybe even 30, 33%, a third of the time cut by doing a lot of these in virtual. But um, yeah, and the, I think the bigger question is not so much about the time, or even the cost, it's what performance is left on the table. And so you see um, many people would be able to design, to, to put a battery pack together. Now, is that the most efficient design? Is that the safest design? Oh. Is that the, the one that, that will yield the most range out of the, the system? That I think is, is, is the bigger question and especially how competitive a lot of these battery electric vehicle companies are to stand out when it comes to EPA range uh, testing and you know uh, the reassuring the customer of range anxiety or that the battery will stay within a warranty and they won't have to replace it prematurely I think that's the bigger uh, benefit that simulation comes to as well as you know obviously decreasing uh, development time and saving on, on the cost of the development okay. <clears throat> yeah it's hard to disagree with that and uh, and I think that, say, even at the prototype level, with some analysis work being done on there, say, uh, for durability even, or you know how it's going to survive actually functioning in a vehicle, making sure that uh, high voltage is not going to be um, shaken or rubbed or uh, exposed then for whatever reason uh, through use. Being able to simulate that early uh, can almost eliminate a step. With our first pass, we're coming to our customers with a product that meets their requirements better than it did before five years ago, say. Hmm. Okay, and maybe for a, for a moment, let's separate simulation. So let's, let's ask the question for Sean first, and then we go to Michael for more simulation. Sean, if you had to, if you had to list one, two, maybe three areas where you feel customers that looking for a battery, uh, oftentimes uh, either forget about or don't pay enough attention to or give enough uh, credit as it relates to how big of a challenge it might be. What, what would these things be? What would these areas be? Is it, is it thermal management as we talked a little bit about? Is it, I don't know, the crash worthiness? Is it the, the, the weight, the, the cooling system, the, the complete system? What are some of the things that you feel in your experience Oftentimes, you wish customers would get a, a maybe a higher appreciation for than what what you feel right now is. Generally speaking, not for each individual customer, but generally speaking. Well, I'd like to say that all of our customers think of everything before they come to the table, um, but obviously uh, there are some things that get overlooked. I think that the amount of detail that needs to happen in the thermal management system, as you mentioned, is something that that may not always. Um, get its due diligence, mm -hmm. and uh, and some of the uh, some of the surprises that can happen then are uh, well, they can at worst case be catastrophic, and uh, in other cases then um, not not get the optimum say range or a performance out of the batteries. Right, the 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 amount of detail that goes into that to say maintain a delta T across the pack. Uh, keeping all of the cells at a very close to same temperature uh, is is very difficult, especially when you're getting into the larger packs that we are now. 
some of the trucks that are that are happening are very large packs multiple tiers and being able to keep all of those cells uh, within say five degrees C is very difficult so there's quite a bit of effort that has to uh, go into that that sometimes is overlooked and then if you're starting from scratch with the BMS um, the amount of effort that it takes to develop that software to cover all of the details that are required in a battery pack uh, takes a, a really good amount of effort and uh, you have to spend some time there to make sure that that it is as good as it can be uh, it keeps your battery as safe as it can be your vehicle and uh, then by nature the passengers as well so uh, those are those are two aspects that I would say that okay. that uh, require okay. more attention say at the beginning than they than they normally get you bring it up again a good point software even though oftentimes we think of a battery as a as, as a physical as a mechanical as a chemical thing uh, just like in most other domains on a, on a modern vehicle on the ground, in the air and in space for sure as well, software plays a, a critical role. And with that, a perfect segue over to, to Michael, right? Simulation is software at the end of the day. What do you see with your customers when they, when they come to you? What, what are they maybe, what are many of them missing when it comes to simulation? Maybe they envision it's going to be way more powerful than, than what it really is or what simulation today is capable. Is it the exact opposite? They think what it can do is, is only a fraction of what we can do, right? I always look at, for example, Excel spreadsheet, right? I probably use 1% of the capability that, that that thing has and I don't recognize how much more it does because it does for me what it needs. Is that similar in, in simulation with your with your tools or is it... Is it a customer the exact opposite? They want more. They feel like it should be able to do more than what it already does. Yeah, uh, I would say it's, it's sort of mixed. And I, I would say customers are always pushing the envelope for the, the development side to create more and more capability. Um, so a lot of them, a big fixation is, is on battery aging. And this is something that is, is a very deep area of development within AVL in order to better capture that phenomenon and prescribe actually the, the uh, causes of the aging. And then ideally customers want to tie that back to, to use case and on the BMS side to attempt to mitigate that, uh, those phenomenon. I think... As far as what customers I think are missing when they go straight into the development of, of a pack and, and really don't appreciate or, or I guess uh, utilize the full capability out of simulation is the aging side of things. It's, it's a very complex phenomenon. It needs some testing data that's very tedious to get. It's not a difficult test. It's just a test that takes a long time because aging takes time and it, we're only working the real world here. So every second passes is a real second. Um, but at the end of something like that, you know, if they put in that upfront work and get these these data and uh, work to understand what's what's occurring, then in simulation, you can run thousands of these type of scenarios in in a fraction of the time it would take, and that leads, I think, to a good point that Sean was making on the BMS side, on the software side. You would then be able to develop more robust software to control the battery and understand really how the battery is behaving and what to look out for and really control it in, in, in a more optimum fashion. And I think that, quite frankly, is the key differentiator among the different battery electric vehicles. You know, everybody does the teardown. Everybody knows what cell everyone is using. Everyone knows the, how the thermal management loop looks, what fluids, what pumps. 
um, what people don't have really insight to is in the software, the, the control strategy, uh -huh. which simulation will allow you to develop more robust solution. Very good. And quickly, maybe before we wrap it up, Michael, you first. How much does, if any, the simulation tools we're using today need to change when we really get into, as we're doing now, solid-state batteries? Is there a change we need to do? Is there... Uh, an additional feature or function, new models, give us a little bit of an idea of what does, what does this transition over to solid state batteries mean for the tools that we currently use today to develop batteries, or simulate batteries? I, I think for the solid state battery, there's a, a fragile, I guess, uh, component to it where the the, you, you can damage the battery by having it exposed to too much NVH. So I think there would have to be a combination of electrochemical phenomenon within this, this model, as well as, you know, NVH sort of durability analysis or, or perspective on, on what loads the, the battery is actually exposed to the cell specifically. And so I think that is an area... Um, where, where there's still a lot of meat on the bone, per se. You know, because these, these experts in NVH are definitely not chemistry experts, and chemistry experts are definitely not, you know, mechanical fatigue experts. So um, this, is, this is the area, I think, that, that would have to be sort of united. Okay. And Sean, similar question, working with liquid-based, then now going to solid-state batteries. What do you see some of the challenges there that are new? Well, the the goal is uh, is to achieve energy density, right? So that you can get the same range out of a smaller space in the vehicle, or increased range out of the same space in the vehicle, and uh, and being able to package those in a tighter space and uh, with more energy can create issues for thermal propagation, like we started off talking about. Thermal propagation and, and thermal events is, is high on every customer's list, and being able to mitigate or eliminate that is uh, is going to be key. And being able to simulate the energy that is within those solid state cells, and uh, and if something were to go wrong, uh, being able to, to accurately predict that and analyze it uh, is going to be key. And uh, I think that the the AVL tools that Michael uses is, uh, is is an outstanding example of being able to do that. Okay. And last question for both of you, people that want to become more familiar with, again, in this case, battery development, battery technology, simulation, uh, they listen to podcasts like this. Where do you, Sean, and then Michael afterwards, but Sean, where do you get, what do you do to keep up with the latest and greatest battery technologies, battery development technologies, as it maybe relates to simulation, as it maybe relates to uh, BMS software, thermal runaway, is it you read magazines, you go to training courses, you attend conferences, all of the above, none of it? What do you specifically do? Absolutely all of the above. I mean, uh, conferences are a great place to be able to, uh, to, to see what is up and coming. Um, a lot of customers and a lot of uh, vendors are there too. So um, we can we can all be talking on the same topics and, and uh, on the same level. Uh, a lot of a lot of people that are on the cutting edge of technology keep their secrets pretty close to their chest. So you've got to have good relationships with those folks and uh, and um, with AVL's broad depth of both sides of that customers and vendors. 
uh, we're able to keep a pulse on what's happening in the industry, um, whether it be new solid state cells or immersed cooling, whatever it might be, uh, we're able to, to stay at the forefront of that and includes research as well, as you pointed out. Okay, okay. Michael, what about what about for you on the, on the simulation side? I, I assume it's conferences as well. Is it benchmarking or using other people's tools to get more familiar or talking more customers or talking to people like Sean internally, right, to figure out, hey, where can we do better, where are things going? But shed a little bit of light on as it relates from, from your perspective where you get industry updates where you keep on the on the cutting edge yeah yeah so i mean i, I reference a lot of literature I, I read research papers we stay in touch with what's going on in academia so it's it's frequent meetings with academia um in this area and and as sean had said you know it's a it's an area it's very secretive but as well, there's a lot of hype within the industry too. So you got to kind of filter out the noise, and also for the secrecy side, you got to connect the dots. So you know, sometimes people allude to things in meetings or speak in sort of a, a code. You have to be knowledgeable enough to connect the dots of what they're saying to understand what direction they are actually headed. And I think that's a that's a that's a strong skill set that that we have at AVL to be able to do that and help the customers while maintaining you know strict confidentiality with them for the work we do um so yeah it, it, it's all of the above really just taking all the all the information and going to conferences reading re uh, research papers and maintaining industry connections very good so again we we never stop learning we just keep on learning day in and day out right uh, the university days or college days or high school days are, are never over you continue to work so very good Thanks, Michael. Thanks, Sean, for your time. And thanks, everybody, for tuning in. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Reimagine Mobility Podcast. If you liked this episode, please subscribe and tell a friend.